OTB GAA Burns was on another planet this year boys like in the first half of the All-Ireland final this year Owen Murphy put a puck out down Burns puts the claw up and puts it back over the bar like subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember Everglass Shave Magnificent Mo. Delighted to say Alan Quinlan is on the line with myself and Johnny. Morning, Quinny. Morning, lads. How are you? Keeping well, keeping well. We might uh, Before we get to looking ahead to the uh, first game of the Autumn International Series this uh, Saturday against the South Africans, we might um, put a put an underlining mark on the URC uh, action at the weekend. And Monster, uh, we, we referenced them earlier, myself and Johnny, but um, look, a one-point defeat, I guess you have to consider the fact that there was up to 20 players out injured for Munster. So the Ulster game, although it's a loss... Um, comes with an asterisk maybe in some regards yeah it is it does I think um, obviously um, you know I said last week it was a must win for Munster that was pretty um, self-explanatory they've lost they've now lost five out of seven games which is um, a terrible start and I think look there's positives probably against Ulster the Leinster game obviously the Bulls game was a, a really good win for them but the other performances were really poor Dragons Connacht um, in particular, um, even the second half against Zebra. So they've they've started really slow um, and they've put themselves in a really tough position. I think, uh, you know, the, the players away, you've mentioned it. I think um, they've struggled to cope without them and they've, they've just had a lot of bad luck. You know, even after the Leinster game, um, John Klein, Thomas Ahern, two, two, two of their starting second rows that day, both gone. So they were kind of down to the bare bones, really. And they're they're coming up against an Ulster side who are in a good position, uh, full of confidence. Um, I suppose they, obviously, they had illness in South Africa the week before, which would have not helped their situation. But I mean, from a playing point of view, they've been playing very well this year. They had a brilliant win the week before in South Africa. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, they got there in the end. I think Ulster were pretty dominant in the first half. The three, the two mall tries, I think, and the other James Hume one came off a mall as well when when they got close to the line. So, uh, yeah, a lot of problems for Munster at the moment, but there is some positives as regards the young players getting exposed, um, the way they're playing, the way they're trying to play. I think they're they're second in the most offloads in the URC, which is no. Um, I think for Graham Rowntree, that isn't something that will please him and say, "God, we're we're you know, it's a table. They're fourteenth in the league table, and that's that's where they sit at the moment." And um, between one thing and another, I think they've had their issues around you know adapting the new coaches, getting up to speed, but they've been very hampered by the emerging Ireland international call-ups and a number of injuries and it's been a, a dreadful start for them really I, I was asking about the crowd last week um, Quinny, I, I, I thought it, it was striking how much they were behind them in the second half and is it a sense that you mentioned the offloads and they're, they're playing some nice rugby as well so is it a case of like they know that they're trying to buy into a transition here yeah, well, very in very simple terms, Johnny. The, um, you know, the monster of all would be slowing the game down. Mm. Um, you know, trying to kick, kick, box, kick the ball. People realise where they're at. You know, if all the players, like I mentioned, Klein and 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 Thomas Ahern, if both those second rows are available, I'm not saying Ulster won't score from them all with the two tries they did, but they're in a much stronger position mm. of stopping it. Um, 
so look, I think the crowd realised that um, you know there's going to be a bit of pain here, and I think they can stay with him. And I've always said this: if there's a bit of fight, and maybe it's a bit condescending and a bit, um, it's obviously disappointing that that's where we're at now. And you know, I spoke about maybe the problems in previous years and uh, the previous regime and where this has all come to. But look. Uh, all the kind of dirty laundry is out now and I think they need to get better in the fitness department, the medical department, lots of areas, the way they train, uh, the type of profile of players that they're bringing through and and advance that, that's all those things in a better place and you know, once they're a big brand but they're not winning matches and they're not winning trophies so I think the supporters were very, very vocal and got behind them at the weekend and they will do. I think rugby people understand that in Munster that you know, it's a reality now. Munster are, are, are well off the pace, but the positives are the way they're trying to play and the younger players that are coming through. Um, so, you know, I think that's that's what people want. They want to see that fight. And it is a period now that, you know, you can either get behind the team or not. It's hard to be critical of what Munster did the other night. I, I know you can go through the game and you can see mistakes and knock-ons and certain things. Um and but I think there is positive signs into what they're trying to do and even for the, the you know the try they scored in the second half Shea Daly's try I think um, a real positive moment Jack Crowley gets the conversion they're ahead incredibly but you know Ulster would have had penalties down at the other end to win the game but I think to, to fight back from the position they were in was, was positive and um they're in a tough position and I think the, the worry now and everybody's saying it to me is is European rugby next year mm, mm. you know they, they may be in the Challenge Cup um, just for anyone who, who slept or, or partied I guess through the weekend the, the results involving Irish provinces Friday night Scarlet's 5 Leinster 35 the game we're, we're speaking about Munster 14 Ulster 15 on Saturday and then Ospreys 19 Connacht 22 was also a result from Saturday like you mentioned the second row issues there Quinny like when you look at the the, the lineup at the weekend it's probably the seventh and eight choices for second row you, you mentioned John Klein you mentioned Thomas Ahern you also have Ty Byrne Sneeman uh, Finney Witcherly uh, Paddy Kelly unavailable um, and when you look then at the at the dominance Ulster had at the line out perhaps it's it's no surprise No it's not and and that's that's why I think people you know they, they, they there was kind of a worry and a fear and it was the same going into the, the Leinster game I think somebody said to me recently when the day Munster kind of get a bit of luck with get every, getting everybody out in the fields, I think that will be exciting to see if they can get a few games with their full strength side, their internationals back. Um, maybe we'll see it after November, and we will see it hopefully. Um, you know, obviously you'll see more players back for the European run in December. But with the injuries, I think you know, if you look at Snyman, what's happened. Um, you know, you're probably not going to see him till post Christmas now, but. It is what it is. They just have to get on with it, and and um, that's it. It's it's sometimes when you're kind of down, the last thing you need is another injury, and that's what ha- what's happened them. But you know, it's it's you're kind of shaking out uh, who's available to you and who's coming through. And I think the big big positive in the second row, an academy graduate, he's still in the academy. He's only 19. Edwin Adogbo, um, it's phenomenal the experience he's getting. And uh, Saturday night again, he showed how good he can be and where he can go. Um, Evan O'Connell was on the bench, Paul O'Connell's nephew. He didn't get on, but he's only 18. Uh, Ruan Quinn uh, came on against Leinster, made his debut against uh, a few weeks previously. He's only 19 now. So 
a lot of really good players coming through, but I think there's certain areas they need more. They need some centers. They need, you know, front row cover. Um, but uh, look, there's some positives, and I think if they get everyone back, but the season is kind of running away from you know when you five losses in the first seven, it's very difficult. Look, look at Connacht's situation. Mm. They've turned they've turned it right around. I think uh, their performance at the weekend um, against the Ospreys, a lot of mistakes. A lot of errors, I think, inaccuracies, but that cohesion and that kind of togetherness that you want to win away games is starting to come. I think they had a brilliant performance against the Scarlets. They blew them away the week before in Galway. Um, and then to go to the Ospreys and, and get the win, a win they should be getting. You know, the Ospreys are missing their Welsh players. Um, Connacht are not as badly hit for obvious reasons. They don't have as many guys gone. Um, a little bit of cohesion there but they've they've strung together a few results and the picture is totally different than it was um, with them losing their first three games so once you have to find a little run like that somewhere along the way but it's just going to get harder and harder and um, they have they can hope to get players back but Connacht are in a better position now and that'll be uh, you know on the 26th of November it's a good few weeks away. We've got the internationals first, but Connacht and Munster will be a, a humdinger down in Tolman Park. Ulster deserve credit, though, don't they? Like that, that TMO in the first half would Definitely. have possibly put them out of sight. It was kind of a small handle error from the scrum after. But like the, the you, you know, the context of there, they didn't have a great prep at all going into this match in terms of the players no, that were out, no. and you, as you mentioned, and still managed to find a way. Yeah, and they have a number of players with Ireland as well. So it isn't just Munster who were affected. Um, I think it's the injuries on top of the internationals away. That's the problem for Munster. Ulster have injuries as well and uh, guys away with Ireland. But you know yourself, Johnny, in sport, confidence that it'll, uh, you know, you often think that bounce of the ball, that bit of luck, we call it. You kind of create that and it comes with a togetherness and a, a feel-good factor, work rate, all that kind of stuff. And Ulster, you know, have played a lot of good, brilliant rugby this year. Um, they're very, very dangerous. I think, uh, you know, a lot of kind of seasoned uh, players that they, they, they had available to him the weekend Rory Scannell Rory Sutherland coming off the bench you know he's a British and Irish line he's a great signing for them from, they picked him up from Worcester you know Vermeulen was very powerful Sam Carter Alan O'Connor in the second row Jordy Murphy a couple of big moments with a try and a turnover as well someone who'll try and claw his way back into you know into the international setup. he's had a tough couple of years so um Nathan Doak, obviously the couple of kicks, the conversions, Ulster could have been further ahead. But you sense at the end of the game from Dan McFarlane that, you know, delighted with the results. The first time in eight years they've won in Thomond Park. But frustrated, and I can understand his frustration with, you know, they didn't play um, for, you know, any, show any sort of ambition in Thomond Park in the second half of that game. And they did the same last year when they lost, when the game Zebo got sent off in last year. So, um, happy to get out of there, but frustrated. But they deserve credit because, you know, you have to get wins and pick up wins on the road. And that's, that's, a, that's a hard thing to do. Um, you mentioned some of the positive shoots for Munster and, and Adam Odogbo being one of them. And look, maybe he wouldn't have got so much game time under different management. Um, <clears throat> Jack Crowley uh, is another one, Quinny, that I wanted to touch on as well. Because I guess before the Emerging Ireland Tour, a lot of the talk was on Kieran Frawley picks up the injury and then Crowley takes the opportunity on the Emerging Ireland Tour with, with both hands um, and Graham Rowntree spoke about him very warmly after the match you know talking about him as a, as a leader he said look at Jack Crowley at the end of the game he's still navigating us around the field you'd nearly forget looking at him Quinny that he's only 22 but 
there are leadership qualities there with him for sure. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think that's that's another big positive for for Munster um, in a, in a situation where it's hard to to kind of find those positives and really focus on them. That, um, but he's a positive for Irish rugby. I think um, there's obviously been so much talk for years about who's going to be the successor, who's going to close that gap in Johnny Sexton and and Joey Carberry and uh, you know Kieran Frawley now and Jack Crowley are two that that are kind of pushing themselves up the ranks. And um, you know Crowley has a big future ahead of him. I think he was brilliant for Ireland when he played in the under twenties and the success he had and the confidence. Think probably stifled a little bit in the last year or two. Um, I think Munster probably focused a bit more on Ben Healy because of his kicking game and the type of game that Johan van Graan was trying to play. But you know he's a very athletic player, Jack Crowley, and mm. he's a physical player as well. So you know we've got to see more of him. Um, he needs to get more game time, and um, but it's a very exciting opportunity for him. And I think you know he may. Have, may be involved and probably will be involved in the A game on Friday night against the New Zealand selection. So um, all that's good stuff for him. And when he's involved in an Irish squad, he's up there this week training with them. Seeing how Sexton does it, how the other players do it, how Robbie Henshaw, Gary Ringwas, these guys, you know, go about their training week. So he'll be learning all the time from that. You mentioned Munster's position uh, and, and look, looking ahead, I guess, they, look, they really desperately want to get those US, URC playoff spots and get to the Champions Cup. 12th at the minute. Um, but having said that, they're only five points behind Cardiff, who are sixth. Uh, but then if you, I mentioned that the, the run of fixtures coming up earlier in the show, 11 games remaining. Like They still have to play Leinster again. They have to go to Belfast. Uh, Double header in South Africa. That's four difficult games. The remainder of the games nowhere near as difficult you'd have to say but it's going to be touch and go Quinny isn't it whether they, whether they can get that that uh, the playoff spot yeah very much so like you lose I think they lost seven in total last year um, and to, they barely got into the playoffs then they lost that quarter final against Ulster so um, yeah there's, no, there's very little wriggle room left <laughs> and I think you know you have to the next game is Connacht then they've got Edinburgh away um, the 2nd of December and then you've got European games and then Leinster in Thorman Park um, they haven't won against them in the league the last time was 2018 so it's four years ago but um, you imagine the Connacht game be huge in, in the sense Quinny, like they're is, going in against yeah, a confident yeah, but team and but it's used for Connacht as well mm. Johnny you know Connacht are not going to go down to Thorman Park um, they're going to be in, in you know it's after the November internationals I don't think Munster will have the internationals available Bundyaki will probably be available because he'll he'll only be back available the, the previous week. He'll have very little rugby played, so he'll be playing. Um it'll be very difficult for Munster. It'll be a very strong Connacht side that'll go down go down there. Um it just depends who's back. You know, Thomas Ahern is out for a long time now. Uh, Sean Klein, will he be back? Will they have Anton Frisch, Conway, Keith Earls, these guys back? Um who knows? But um, then they've got Leinster Christmas and then away to Ulster and uh, then they've got the Lions at home and then they have a run of a couple of games when they head into the Six Nations where they've home games and they've games that you think they'll win but it's the last two it's the Stormers and the Lions are, um, Stormers and the, the Sharks away I think in South Africa the last two games um, I think they've got to try and get up right up that table before they head to South Africa and then you're saying well, if we pick up one of those games in those two weeks, have all our internationals available, 
maybe an opportunity to, to one of those games to get you into a playoff spot. But look, it's a long way away. I think if they've got to focus on the here and now, and um, it's it's probably too far away looking at that. But they've, I think the games they look back on, and I said this from the start, um, they could have won that game in Cardiff at the start. Uh, deserve, probably Cardiff deserved that win, but it was there for the taking. They made a lot of mistakes. The Dragons, you know, the, the, the Connacht game, they're ones they look back at with real frustration. Not necessarily, you know, with being disrespectful to those teams, but the way they played in those games uh, was really disappointing. And, you know, just look at Leinster on uh, on Friday night with all their players away. Um, Scarlets have been dreadful, to be fair, this season. But, you know, uh, very much a second string Leinster team go over there and they, they win 35-5. That's the, the standard and that's where um, the other Irish provinces are trying to get to close that gap with Leinster. But they're they're incredibly dominant at the moment and um, looks like they're unearthing, you know, Chris Crosgove playing fullback on, on Friday night was, was really good and got a brilliant try as well. There is a great element to that, that I, cause we we're just saying, saying before the show, like the, the, the fact that you're, you necessarily have to play these second string teams on the, on the night, obviously, is an issue, but it's great going forward for the development of these players as well, like. It is, yeah. And look, so, some of the Leinster players will argue we're not second string, you know, Max mm. Deegan, Scott Penny, Reese Ruddock, but they are on paper because, you know, Van der Fleer, Conan, and Doris are your first choice back row, but they're really, really good backup players. You know, Ruddock is an international. Deegan has played for Ireland. Then you've got Jason Jenkins, Ross Maloney. Um, so, you know, the, the front row is obviously different with Thomas Clark and McKee and Ed Byrne, but that's a very strong forward pack, Johnny, going over to Scarlets, who have been, you know, really, really poor and porous this year. But, um, you know, you look at the back line, Liam Turner, uh, Rob Russell and Chris Cosgrove, those three, they're, they're new players essentially, even though, you know, Rob Russell played a fair bit last season, got plenty of games. Um, but it's it's a development and it's experience and it's a confidence to be able to go to. And it's, it's just a seamless transition mm. when those players come through. They're so well coached. And I think they have been for a long, long time now. And that's, that's the benefit of, of, of um, um, Stuart Lancaster and and what he's done and the other coaches in Leinster, it, there's a there's a there's a template there that players just seamlessly transition to into and their their skill execution is just is a, is really really impressive and um, I think look the, what they're able to do when all their internationals is away is what makes them so strong and, and they've so much depth in that squad. You know, Reese Ruddock and, and Ross Byrne came in for um, praise from from Leo Cullen after that match, and rightly so. And as you said, loads of loads of young talent coming off the bench for Leinster, which um, doesn't bode well for the other provinces as they try to keep up with with what Leinster are doing. Just before we we, we move to Ireland, Quinny, just to, to, to touch again on on, on Connacht and that twenty two nineteen win over the Ospreys. So that leaves them two points off the top eight. Uh, just looking at the standings, uh, they came away with the four match points, and considering they were twelve nil down. Um, a very good result uh, just after just 10 minutes as well so the tries from Alex Wooden Quill and Blade and John Porch and then 7 points off the boot from Jack Carty as well like interesting that Andy Friend after the match um, not full of praise whatsoever Quinny like he was saying we, we lacked the clinical bits that we wanted there was a lot of fight um, but certainly wasn't putting any polish on, on the performance and, and probably leaves something something left there for the, for the Connacht players to think about Yeah I think they, they, um, he, he wasn't he said, he, 
I think Andy Friend is very, very honest in his appraisal um, without being insulting to his players. Um, and they left a lot of opportunities there. I think mm. they were in the, you know, on the 22 six times in the first 25 minutes and they came away with nothing um, or 20 minutes, I think. Um, they obviously had a poor start conceding the two tries, being 12 mil down away from home. But they were they were controlled and they kind of changed gears and the, their aggression and work rate and attitude um, is very, very good. But I think it's just been ex- their execution. I think, and if, you know, they had Ulster opportunities against Leinster, sorry, a couple of weeks ago in, in dreadful conditions in Galway. And they had a lot of entries into the, the Leinster 22 and it's very difficult to break Leinster down. They're a very strong defensive side as well. Um, but they've just come up with mistakes and errors and maybe it's a little bit of panic at times and lacking a little bit of power sometimes but I just think against the Ospreys the other day um, they should have actually even though it's a great win on the road they should have actually got a bonus point win Mm. they made it difficult for themselves with the start and then at the end they're kind of hanging on a little bit there's only three points in it Um, but um, still getting the results and sometimes not playing well I think they'll only get better and uh, but you know in a similar situation for, for them I think they're going to be busting a gut to try and get into the playoff position and get into Europe um, uh, this year as well but um, it's early season but they've kind of turned things around a little bit um, still got a lot of hard games to go obviously and, and the league is so much more competitive this year there's no easy games even when the internationals kind of and the way that the league is positioned now, you know, you don't have um, games next this weekend, obviously, when the internationals are on. So you have opportunities for to try and get strong teams out. And I think with the South Africans in it as well, they've obviously made it way more competitive and a better better um, spectacle for everyone. How would you call Munster Connacht then? Oh, it just depends who's available, Johnny, for Connacht. I think, um, I think you know, Munster, I, I think it'll be difficult, really difficult, because, like I said, you'll have a Bundiaki coming back. You'll have um, a Connacht team that, um, you know, they've Finley Bealham away at the moment, uh, Dave Heffernan with the Irish side, um, Keen Prendergast. Uh, you know, will they start? Will they be playing against Australia the week before? It's unlikely. So, they'll probably go straight into the team. So it, it could very well be a full-strength Connacht side as opposed to a Munster side who will be down probably, you know, possibly O'Mahony and, and Ty Byrne and um, will Joey Carberry, Connor Murray. You, you just don't know what kind of teams they'll have. But I think Connor, Connacht will be in a better position going into that game and really believe they can go and win there. If, um, and, and obviously... I don't think things are going to get much better on the second row front in the next few weeks for 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 Munster. So you'd have to say if you were choosing someone to win that game now, you'd probably be saying Connacht are in a better position. Quinny, all roads lead to Lansdowne Road this Saturday, half past five, Ireland against South Africa. So the number one ranked team in the world against the world champions. Um, I know the South Africans landed in Dublin and they are on Irish soil now. They had a five-hour delay on their flight from Dubai to Dublin. Uh, of course, there's European-based players as well that, that made their own way. And I think Cheslin Colby was the last to arrive um, after playing the top 14. Um, so much riding on this. Uh, like, Is there an element of, uh, I guess, shadow boxing, given that, that we're in the same World Cup group? Or is that just so far away that, that that's not even in the, in the ether just yet? 
I, I don't. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough one. That's a really good question. Like, does it really make a difference who wins this game? And you know, does it give you that edge going into the pool stages of the World Cup next year? Well, I think possibly. I think you'd still prefer to win the game and have that little uh, that better position. But um, in 2017, we beat the the, the Springboks 38-3 in Dublin and. Everybody, you know, was lambasting them, and rightly so on the day, I think. And obviously, things changed very quickly then for them. Rassi Erasmus, Jack Meenan were um, left Munster, went back to South Africa, and turned things around. And they went and won a World Cup um, less than two years after. So. Um, Maybe it's a, a plan again to come and play Ireland here before the World Cup next year. We'll beat them by 30 points again and they'll go and win the World Cup next year again. I don't know. But look, um, I don't think that that'll be part of uh, Rassi Erasmus, Jack Nienemar's remit to, to, to lose to Ireland. They'll want to win here. I think they'll want to go into the World Cup in, and continue um, the strength and power that they've shown and, and the performances that they've shown us in the last couple of years since they won that World Cup. I think they're incredibly powerful. They're, they're, they do the basics so well. And they have some star X, X Factor players who can just uh, come up with pieces of brilliance and win them games. Um, they're pragmatic in their approach, but that works for them. And, you know, they have so much physical power. So it's, uh, it's going to be a real test for Ireland, a real physical test. Um, and obviously, the last time Ireland played was in Wellington in. in in July and of that historic series win so it'll be interesting to see how Ireland do and they'll want to get momentum again um, and build momentum I think there's a lot said about what happened in 2018 being number one side of the world this, you know after the November series in 2018 um, getting so many plaudits team of the year player of the year coach of the year all that kind of stuff and it unraveled then when it went into you know, the Six Nations in, in January and February 2019 when England were the first side to kind of break down that Ireland team and find chinks in their armour. Um, I think we want to see, and Andy Farrell has said this about developing players and, and really kind of develop, not just the 23 players, but kind of the development after that. We mentioned Crowley there and and and, and Kieran Frawley. Um, certain other areas, you don't want to lose players. I think you want to, um, get more depth and have them all on the same page so it's a very tough task for Ireland on Saturday but it's an intriguing one and um, you just don't know with South Africa sometimes and they've shown it a little bit this year one of their performances in the rugby championship was really poor in in Australia and obviously New Zealand beat them as well in in, um, in Johannesburg as well but um, when they're on song, they're, they're incredibly physical and powerful and hard to stop. So it's a, it's a great game to look forward to. I'm really intrigued to see how Ireland do and can they cope with that physical power and can they match it? Um, we'll wait and see. And of course, the the box will name their match day 23 today, as as usual. They they name it nice and early in the week. Um, like if you're Rassi Erasmus or Jack Nina Nienaber uh, Quinney. And hopefully neither are watching this. But like, what, what areas of the the Irish team are you targeting this Saturday? Um, I'm not sure they target uh, individuals, but I think they physically and collectively they'll believe that 
their forward pack can get dominance. So, you know, it's it's the players they can bring off the bench and that real power element to their game is hard to stop for anybody and they can overpower you. So I think their their mall is an area where they'll feel that but they feel this against anyone that they can attack them and they can go after them. They did that in the summer against Wales. They they mauled very effectively against them and so I think they'll go after Ireland's defensive mall and they'll try and take them on there. Um, that's not going to be a surprise or a shock to Paul O'Connell or to John Fogarty in, in forwards coaches for Ireland. Um, you know, dare I say it, they'll try and, you know, be physical with Johnny Sexton. Um, I think if you're playing against Ireland, you get, a, get after Sexton and try and put pressure on him, not, not give him time on the ball because he makes things happen for Ireland and for Leinster when he plays. Um, so I, I think Ireland are a very balanced side at the moment. And when they analyse what Ireland did in, in New Zealand, like, you know, the results, are, it's a results-driven business really at international rugby, I think. Um, but the performances of Ireland at that, that tour, at times when they had the ball, the attack, the cohesion, um, the the balance of, of where they were able to control things was was incredibly impressive. And, you know, this is a great test for them because they're going to get a very aggressive side who are a very physical side and, in, and you know, as part of development and trying getting right for a World Cup next year, it'll be good for them. But It, it is it is uh, good in that sense that, like, if you say, some people will say that the, the, the soft against New Zealand, like, might have been a shade flattering or you don't read too much into it. This tells us, like, a lot more, I guess. It does, yeah. And, and, and their collisions and their physicality is, it's so, it's, it's, it's very obvious what's going to happen, but I think it's very unfair to kind of label South Africa just a direct team who kick the ball and who who overpower you and win the collisions and they kick penalties and stuff. They they have some brilliant talents as well. Uh, Lucanu Am is I don't think he's going he's not involved, but he's a wonderful centre. Dialinde, um, he's incredibly skillful. Um, you know, Colby is back in in the mix as well, and and. They've incredible options out in the back line as well. So when they want to attack and they score brilliant tries, they're, they're very good at it as well. But they play to their strengths a lot, and that's going to be a real test for Ireland. But Ireland are a possession-based side, Johnny, and they hold on to the ball really well. And it's what you want. Get that, yeah, they've got to get that source of possession line out in scrum as well. So, um, you know, it should be – it's a good test exactly what you want, Um November 2017 will tell us don't read too much into it because you know it's it it doesn't really matter what will really really matter next year is 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 what happens in that pool pool stage of the World Cup but these are really important games for them as well for both sides. Look at scrum half Quinny. Um, like it's a bit of a problem area heading into the, this November series. You, you got Jamison Gibson Park, but he's not played for Ireland this season. Um, he's been the first choice of course over the last year and a half or so. Uh, Craig Casey has probably edged it in terms of form ahead of Conor Murray and, and Casey's had his own injury problems of late like are we looking at a case of J- Gibson Park of course if he, if he if he's available he plays but then is Conor Murray I mean is he third string or is he a, is he a squad player is he there for as a cheerleader and as someone for experience or what's his place in the team now do you think I don't I'm not I, I think he still has a huge amount to offer um the way Ireland want to play and the way their attack has improved in the last couple of years, Gibson Park has helped that because he's very, he's very, uh, you know, quick in what he does. Um, I think he still comes up with an error or two here and there, but he's been brilliant for Ireland. Um, 
Craig Casey's development has accelerated and he's improved a lot and that's been in around the squad being confident in himself and his ability is is very impressive um, he does come up maybe some of that decision making at times um, he comes up with an error to himself I think Conor Murray at this stage still offers a lot I think he offers you that solidity that physical presence um, really good kicking game as well when needed Um and obviously, his delivery, he's, there's nothing wrong with Conor Murray's pass. I just think sometimes it's the speed of um, of getting it away from the base to the breakdown, that half a second. Uh, and that's something he can really focus on on that. And I'm sure the Irish coaches will have worked on that with him. Um, but I think he still has a lot to offer. Conor Murray is a, a, an absolute, a fantastic player. He has been for a very long time. And it's a case of whether you pick... If Gibson Park starts, do you put Craig Casey on the bench to kind of give you that zip and energy and real kind of enthusiasm? Or do you bring Conor Murray on to see out the game and be like an extra wing forward who makes those tackles, who gets turnovers uh, um, from, from, from breakdown turnovers? I just want to see an edge on Conor Murray. And I think he has, the, he's a, an incredible character. He's an incredible leader. And you'd love to see a little bit of a narky edge to him in the next couple of weeks that he wants to play and that he shows it and that I'm sure he I'm sure he does. But I'd love to see a big performance or two out of him as well to to really kind of push push it back on Craig Casey, who's been chomping at the bit a little bit for him. But it just depends on what the coaches are seeing in training as well. I think some people can jump and say, Well, I, I hate writing players off and ending their careers and saying, you know, well done, thanks for the, the memories. Um, we saw a dip in Sexton a couple of years ago and we've seen an incredible resurgence. I think there's a bit of a resurgence in Conor Murray who's who's probably suffered from playing in a you know that pragmatic approach with Munster in the last couple of years as well. Quinny, great stuff as always this morning. Thanks a million. Cheers, lads. Thanks. OTB AM. With Gillette, in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.